KLVZ and KLVZ HD Brighton, KLVZ FM on 94.3 and 95.3 and streaming at legends953.com. Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And we are back. Just like that, it didn't take anything at all. And we're back on the air here Kaboom. on 810 KLVC AM 95.3 FM. There's two places you can get hold of us in case you can't get us on one. And, of course, we're always being streamed. That's right. I think it's a little damp after a while. You know that? Good and chilly. And good thing, good thing we're only doing this for two hours. That's right. <laughs> I can sit in sit in my wet bathing suit for two hours. That's right. After that, I start getting chiblins. And if and if for some reason you happen to miss a Saturday show, there's a couple of other ways to listen to the show. One of them is Sunday evening at six o'clock on both stations, both eight ten and um, ninety five point three FM. Mm-hmm. The Saturday show is rebroadcast on Sunday evenings from six to eight. And if you miss that. You have to wonder about your planning skills. <laughs> but uh, you could also go to uh, podbean.com mm-hmm. and catch our podcast there all the way back to April. It's as simple as that. And, and relive everything. <laughs> <laughs> or, right. And or you can go to Facebook and uh, there's a listing there mm-hmm. that you can click on that and bango, bingo, we're up there on the air again. Mm-hmm. So we're everywhere. Yeah. Anytime you want. Doesn't have to be when we're here Saturday morning or Sunday evening. We're not here, actually. They just rebroadcast. Yeah. But if you go on vacation to another part of the world, mm-hmm. you can get us there. And then you have to start wondering, <laughs> why would you be listening to the Garden Wise guys on vacation? Really? There's something wrong with you people. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of something wrong, there's frost coming. Yeah, there is. This next week, we're going to get cold. And it might not be actual frozen frost, but it's going to be darn cold. Yeah. And down into the low 30s in some areas. Yeah. And a little farther south of us, say, in Castle Rock area, it's going to be down below 30 and frozen. So um, if you haven't moved your outdoor plants that you want to save for next year, if you haven't moved them inside, you better get busy. Yeah, yeah. I've already moved about half of mine in, and I should be able to, on Monday, give them one more good prevent insect spray mm-hmm. to make sure I'm not bringing in any stinking hitchhikers. I cut every leaf off of my plumerias. Good idea. Just took every one of them, and they bleed. That white juice yes, everywhere. Yeah, the white latex, yeah. Yeah, so you got to be careful. Oh, speaking of which, I took in my colocasia. Oh, yeah? And that's, that's the taro plant that people may, may be familiar with. Or elephant and ears. And from underneath. which poi is made. Mm-hmm. You going to make some poi? No. <laughs> no. But I cut the leaves off 
And I checked my hands after that, and my hands were orange. Really? <laughs> yes. And I looked at the cut surfaces on the plant, and they're oozing orange Interesting. Stuff. Yeah? And I washed my hands, and it didn't come off real easily. Hmm. Yeah, You've been baby. marked. <laughs> I, I've been poyed. <laughs> <laughs> I've not had poi. Poi's not orange. I, no, I, I didn't think it was. I had poi years ago when we went to visit Hawaii. We went to the Polynesian Cultural Center. Yeah, what, what, what was it like? Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> Gag. <laughs> Next time I go, I'm going to have to find some place that serves it. I, n- none of the restaurants I had ever gone to in Hawaii would, would have poi on the on the, res- I sus- on the menu. I suspect that a person who has eaten poi and f- prepares it themselves in their own home kitchen and has family recipe and blah, 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 uh, they probably can produce something that's edible. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> my next door neighbor, Grandma, used to say, <laughs> if, you, if you had enough sugar, you can eat anything. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was nasty. <laughs> I did have Bradford last time I was there. Oh, yeah? How yeah. was that? Yeah, a place we stayed. Uh, like I, I keep telling people, it's actually a small botanic garden. And uh, there's a breadfruit tree there. And occasionally it drops breadfruits on your head. And so <laughs> Ow. Which, you which you have to be careful because they're big. They're heavy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, he decided in one of the, the spare apartments, uh, there's a stove in there. And he decided he was going to cook some up. Mm-hmm. And I had, I had no idea how you cook breadfruit up. Well, mm-hmm. he just sliced it up and put it in a pan and threw it in the, in the oven for, you know, probably 350 for you know hour and a half or whatever it took mm-hmm. and i got to taste some when it came out not bad not bad yeah cool but certainly wasn't <laughs> <laughs> if i had one in the backyard i'd i'd eat it okay yeah i want to try jackfruit they're good i hear they smell like rotting grossness <laughs> yes you can get them in the stores here can you yes what if i don't like it though then i well, have this whole jackfruit that i had to throw away <laughs> that i spent good money on well make sure you get a small one you don't because <laughs> they get pretty big too yeah they do yeah and they say they just smell like terrible like nothing but you would ever want to put in no, your mouth no but they say they taste really good yeah and that's really strange because a lot of your taste depends on your smell yes well true that's why you have to hold your nose when you eat it. <laughs> oh, dear. But they have a lot of those fruits that you, we just don't see them here. Mm-mm. Rambutans, they're really great. Mm-hmm. Some of the Asian markets will have, have those fruits. And they will have some of the jackfruit from time to time. Yeah. So uh, keep apprised. I will. I will. Let's see. What else? Oh, I bought some LED lights. Can't eat them. I know. <laughs> But for my plants that I'm overwintering, yes. I've been doing some research. Yeah. Trying to figure out the scientific output of light from LED strips mm-hmm, mm-hmm. compared to T5 fluorescent lights. Totally different vocabulary. Oh, yeah. That doesn't yeah. match. <clears throat> no. It's been, it's been very confusing, <coughs> very difficult to understand all these letters and things yeah. that make no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just decided I'm going to buy some. And start playing with them and see what happens. Yeah, you know, I, I just couldn't make any sense of the literature I was reading because it would it couldn't show me side by side if you have four T five 
four foot bulbs in a fixture that is two and a half feet above the top of the canopy, how many LED strips do you need yep. to do the same thing? Yep. Nowhere. I, I th we're still new into that, into that technology. I think it's coming with time. They'll be able to tell you that, but not now. Well, I bought some strips, some four-foot strips, and they were cool because they came with just these bar, these long four-foot bars. Mm -hmm. And then I just used zip ties to tie them up to my fixtures. Mm -hmm. And so I'm growing some low-light plants under there, and so far, so good. They were so easy to put up, and then you could daisy-chain them together so yeah. you didn't have to have a whole bunch of plug-ins. And, uh, and then I bought some LED tubes that you can put into a regular fluorescent T5 fixture oh. without having to fiddle with the ballasts. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm not doing. And so they're just basically plug and play. You take the T5 tube out and you stick the LED tube in. You gotta remove the ballast? No, you don't have to do anything. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, so we'll see how that works too. So I've got a test table of that as well. Yeah, not a, yeah, there's just, yeah, like you said, it's just new terminology. You just can't make comparisons very easy at all. And the price was surprisingly reasonable. Well, the price is coming down. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, and I bought the, the name brands that the literature recommends for growing plants. Mm -hmm. That's, <clears throat> so, you know, I guess the kind you would grow, you would put in your kitchen for under counter lighting yes. isn't really yeah. what you'd want. Yeah. That's what we have in our kitchen. Mm -hmm. I, I like them a lot. Yeah, but they're not, they're probably not adjusted oh, for no. growing plants. No, the, I, the I, wavelengths and that I, sort of I thing. I just need light to wash the dishes. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> our light, our eyes are easy to yeah, fool. They, they, that's right. I I don't need special colors or spectrums. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or a number of jewels. I don't measure any of that stuff. No. And with 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 LEDs and lumens and foot candles. Yeah. That's out the window. No, no. You, don't, you no. can't use that. No. Your light meters that you used for normal stuff like fluorescence are no. in. No, you can't use those. <coughs> no. But uh, you could use them if you had uh, some way of of making, uh, not adjustments, but hmm. what's the word I'm looking for? Conversion. 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 Yeah. There are, but then there again, <coughs> you have. All these crazy letters plus divided by the square root of over this, then divide <laughs> by that, and and in your parentheses, and which one do you do first? And yeah. I don't know what those constants are. And yeah. Well, there are so. greenhouses now that have nothing but LEDs in them. And my impression is that doing the reading on this, the growers, the people who own the greenhouses that actually run them, they don't install them. No. They get experts to come in and do it. Exactly. And it's right now. It's the experts who actually make the the, the fixtures mm -hmm. and bulbs. Well, for me in my basement, the plants are going to be the experts. They're going to tell yeah. me yeah. what they like and don't like. Yep. And with with things like African violets and Rex begonias and a few other things like that that grow quickly, mm -hmm. I should be able to tell quickly. Yeah. And then I can transfer that information in my brain over to the orchids, which do everything very slowly. Yes. <laughs> you divide by 100. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, dear. Folks, if you had some experience with LED lights, uh, you know, a little more than just going to Home Depot and buying a strip and hanging it up and see what happens. But uh, give us a call here at 303-477-2473. We'd like to 
talk about that. Do a little coffee talking about it. Yeah, I have a, a friend who who bought LED light tape. It comes in a coil. Yeah, and you just stick it up. Yeah, and then, but it, it requires a little bit of soldering things together. And I thought, nope, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd, some of them are not plug and play. They too have an I, a little transformer or something in them mm-hmm. that, that you got to hook up as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Boy, they save save one on uh, energy use though. Well, that's the whole point uh, that I was getting to was you know I use I probably have sixty or seventy T five bulbs going at any one time. Yeah. And although they're they're energy wise. Yeah. Uh, as as a fluorescent tube, it still adds up. Oh sure. And so if I can save fifty or sixty percent on the cost of the energy going into that and still get the same product at the end, yep. I will do that. And especially since LEDs will last a long, long time compared to the fluorescent. Well, tubes. they say they will. They say they will. Yeah. Just like those compact <laughs> yeah. fluorescent bulbs. Yeah. They're supposed to last four hundred million hours. Yeah. And then they last ten. That's right. <laughs> We we would I I marked some of our fluorescent and now LED <coughs> bulbs just right on them when I install them. Yeah. And when they go out, you know, just take a look at it and make some sort of judgment and kind of think they didn't get anywhere close to what they said they're going to. Not even close. Twenty thousand hours? <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Well, that's in a laboratory setting, don't you yeah, know? I know? All right. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's get back out to the phones. Terry is waiting to talk to us out in Arvada about maple trees. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, gentlemen. Just as an aside on the uh, lighting situation, mm-hmm. uh, I would say reach out to a uh, marijuana grower. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, I've, I've put a lot of money into those places, and a lot of them are, are using nothing but LEDs. Yep, right? absolutely. Yeah. They, because uh, most of them have been set up from the ground up. So just just a thought. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it would, be ni- it would be nice to go in and, and take a look at some of these facilities that grow marijuana. They won't let you do but, that. <laughs> but you, you, yeah. you, better, you better have a badge before you run <laughs> through the door. You have to know somebody who knows somebody. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, that plus they're very they're very sanitation conscious oh, yeah. in those areas. I mean, you can't just walk in. you got to suit up. Yeah. yeah, they don't want any kind of bugs because they don't want to spray them with anything. Because they're not allowed to. I mean, you eat that stuff or smoke it or whatever you do to it. And uh, they don't want any bugs that they have to treat. So they want only certain people to go in there, and they have to suit up and wash their feet and, you know. At least that's what I've been told. And brush their teeth before they go in. Or so we've heard. Yes. uh, As an aside, uh, out um, in Arvada here, before I get to my question, across uh, to the north of Malara Gardens at 72nd and Kipling. Mm-hmm. Uh, a gentleman, and I don't remember his name, he has built a brand new set of greenhouses. Okay. And they're, they're huge, and they are supposed to be state-of-the-art. And what's he growing in those? No, no, he is a legitimate um, floral and garden grower. Really? Yes, this is what I've been told by the the folks that uh, live in that area that wondered what was going up. <laughs> yeah, 
Huh. It, 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 it's a huge operation. There's, uh, I want to say, six large buildings. And is it going to be growing wholesale or or retail? Do you know? My understanding is wholesale. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's, uh, I know Browns was putting up some new growing facilities. Yeah, I've heard that they were looking for space. Yeah. It so maybe be, they found it, some. It might be Browns. It, it's in a strip of property that goes just from Kipling Oh, probably about a block to the east uh, along a the Highline Canal area that uh-huh. that can't be developed yeah. into yeah. Yeah. housing, to my uh, understanding. Well, I, I'm a little surprised. Uh, you know, more power to them. I hope it works out very well. I, I found over the past that land is so expensive anywhere in the metro area, you just simply can't afford to put up a greenhouse and, and try to make a living growing yeah. plants. Well, right now... We need more growers. Oh, I guess. I mean, Welby cut their, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of square feet that they had. They cut that in half. Cut it in half. Center Greenhouse went out about business altogether. And the the growers that are left can't keep up. Well, another understanding, I don't live right in that immediate area, but some friends of ours that do, uh, and everyone concerned when they saw what was going up there, Mm -hmm. um, there is just to the west of Kipling along 72nd is um, a, an abandoned, so to speak. It's, it's up for sale, uh, Blackbird Farms or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I believe that actually was a hemp grower uh, that's, and legitimately was for hemp as opposed to... Uh, to marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But, and uh, whoever built these new, and I do believe it might have been Browns, um, wanted something that was uh modern yeah yeah it was very old facility that was off to the west there yeah and 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 that hemp market has sort of crashed too yes so i just thought you might be interested and maybe reach out if you wanted to come and see what a brand new from the uh it's angular as opposed to the quonset look yes Um, Mm -hmm. it it has uh it, it, it was fascinating to watch it go up yeah, a lot of the there's a lot of European influence now in some of the commercial yeah. greenhouses that are going up. Yes. So, uh, but back to my question. Yes. <laughs> um, we have an autumn glory maple who's that's been in the ground for this will be its third fall, and uh, it it's not a spectacular grower, even though I water it and water it and give uh, it it's in full sun. Um, I know maples are slow, but that particular tree and uh, a nine bark bush out of five of them uh, have brown kind of crispy edges on a lot of their leaves what have i not done or what is do i need to do probably not enough water really even though i think i water the the tvs out of it how, how are you watering it uh, we have a drip system that is wrapped out uh, in the general area where the roots are. And then I also, at least once a week during this hot, extreme weather, well, probably twice a week, I was slow watering it until it would run off. And then it's on a little bit of a, a slanted um, grow area. And then I would uh, wait and then about uh half hour later how, <clears throat> how long does your uh, drip system run and how frequently during the week it runs about an hour three times a week 
hour three times a week. Uh, being a drip system, there's probably not enough water. Especially mm. for a tree. Especially and if that tree has been in the ground for very long. Yeah. How, how far out from the trunk of the tree does this drip system extend? It, um, it's kind of spiraled like a snake uh, starting from about six inches away from the trunk and goes out about two and a half, three feet. And the tree is how tall? Right now, looking out the window here at it, it's probably eight to ten feet tall. Okay. So you can kind of figure that its root system is going to extend out at least to the spread of the branches, if not farther. The, the branch, you know, because it's such a columnar thing, mm-hmm. um, the branches themselves, uh, the diameter is probably all of three feet. Yeah. Oh, wow. oh, okay. Then, then do another calculation here. If, you, <clears throat> if that tree fell over, how far out would the roots go from the base of the tree? Oh, the poor thing would end up in the street. Okay. Um, That's how far your roots are out there in the ground right now. Already after yep. even just that short of a time. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. The roots would probably grow out after planting about three feet a year. Wow. So maybe I'm, uh, my husband and I have been batting it back and forth as to whether we just remove this tree come spring. Oh, I don't know. If you gave it more water, it would probably respond. Uh, I'm thinking that's probably one of the red maples. October Glory is a red. Or red or a hybrid between a red and usually the other uh, other maple is silver maple. You double check. Is it a red or a sugar? And uh, I don't know about sugar. I'd be a little (coughs) surprised. If it's a, a, a cross between silver and a red maple, both of them are water hogs. Yeah, and we were warned about that at yeah. the nursery, I must admit. Yeah, I can't remember if it's Autumn Blaze or Autumn Glory, um, and maybe they're very closely related. I yeah, I'm think. guessing they're probably uh, of the of the same parentage. Okay. So, yeah, I, it sounds like a water issue, especially with the nine bark with the uh, uh, with the brown edges on the leaves. That, that's sort of classic um, summer drought kind of stuff going on. Okay, so that, that particular one is actually in a different um, area of the yard, yeah. and it has uh, you know, similar uh, irrigation that's going on with it. It's a drip system on a, on a timing system, so it, it, I don't have to, you know. It would be brain. nice to know just exactly in terms of volume how much water is being put down with each watering. Well, I do know that we've got, uh, it, that's on a different uh, timing uh, pattern, and it has two two-gallon emitters that uh, run for about uh, probably a total of 45 minutes. Okay, two gallons, that would be two gallons an hour. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, 45 minutes breaks that back to, what, a gallon and three quarters, something like that. But when you said a total, are you splitting it up into separate run times? Oh, uh, it, it's all within the course of an hour, but we're giving it... Oh. This is what was recommended that that we let it run for fifteen minutes, let it and have it off for five, run for fifteen minutes. Off I got gotcha. you. So it's with, cycles. Yeah. It's all within one um, hour period. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And right. how how long has that nine bark been in the ground? Um, probably about the same. Uh, it's it, and half of it uh, half of it looks just spiffy. 
uh, and half of it has, and it grew, it has nice long branches, but the uh, edges on about half of it. And and how many emitters do you suppose are on that plant? Two. Okay, two. two. On either side of the plant? Yes, two two-gallon emitters, yes. I would check to see if one of those might be blocked. Okay. Because that can happen. You can get water, sufficient water on one side of the plant, and the other half doesn't get that amount, and that's where you'll see the effects. And they don't share well, huh? No. There is some sharing that goes on, but not as much. That's as why it's not totally crispy on that side. Okay. Yeah, and, and the other nine barks that are planted in that area, uh, are we've had to cut them back. In fact, we're considering cutting them down come spring because they've they've just gone berserk, yes. They're a wonderful plant. And once you get them established, the the water seems to, the amount of water they get seems to be unimportant. They I mean, they seem to be self-sufficient at that point. But, um, yeah, I check, uh, like Jim said, check next time it's running. Go out there and make sure physically that both drippers are actually putting water out. Okay. And, and yeah, just, I, I had thought about that. And then the other thing is, is, is it time for us to move where those emitters are? Because these are still, that, for all five of those nine barks, um, this is where they were when they were put in the ground three, it'll be three years ago come spring. Well, it could be the emitters are right up against the trunks. Okay. Uh, and those should be moved out. And again, uh, it's difficult. Do you have mulch on the ground? Uh, we have a combination of uh, bark mulch that's are within a a, um, a foot out around the base okay. of each tree. I mean, bush. And then then there's some decorative rock. Yeah. If it, if it's easy to do, I would turn your system on and see if you can't locate the end of each one of those emitters and see if they if each emitter is still working. Okay. They get clogged, and because they're under mulch, they get ignored. And sometimes critters chew through the spaghetti yeah. tubing. Yeah. Well, yes, we, we do have our share of those. Uh, my husband was signaling to me real quick to ask, uh, is there any uh, benefit with the cool snap, cool snap, cold snap, next week uh, of leaving the um, chili peppers on, the vine, on their bushes, or should we just go ahead and pick I them? I think there? I would pick them. Pick them, definitely, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I looks like I got my work cut out. And there okay. you go. You weren't doing anything today anyway, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll yank the, then we'll yank those peppers out and plant <laughs> no, the garlic. A good idea. <laughs> Take care. Thanks, All right, gentlemen. you too. Right. I think we're a little late for a break here, aren't yes, we? we? Yes, are. indeed. So let's go out and take that so we can get back and get back to your questions here on Legends 810. Have you been waiting for that last application of fertilizer for the yard? Well, Fertilome has the solution for that. Fertilome Winterizer. Winterizer is the most important application of the entire year. Never skimp on this application. A number of years ago, Fertilome examined university studies of winterlizer formulas and created a special winterlizer for our area. This special formula is quickly and easily converted to stored food for your turf to help it make it through the unpredictable winter months. In the spring, a yard that has Fertilome winterlizer applied to it in the fall will be the fullest, darkest green yard on the block. 
You'll find Fertilum Winterlizer at your favorite independent garden retailer, including The Tree Farm in Longmont, Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora. To find the closest Fertilome dealer, go to www.fertilome.com. That's www.fertilome.com. And be sure to tell them that the Garden Wise Guys sent you. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 930. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix-It show every Saturday morning from 930 to 1030 on Legends. And we are back. I told you we'd be back. I promised that we would be back, and we are back. And we've got three callers on the line, so we've got our our job cut out for us, man. We do. So we're going to start with Margaret out in Parker. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning. Um, we are lucky enough to be going to the island of Kauai on November 1st. And as a gardener, I'm wondering what are like the three top places you would suggest to see. Uh, the island of Kauai? Correct. Uh, let's see. Uh, names, names, names. There's a botanical garden on the south end of the island, southern side of the island, I should say. I forget the name of it. Um, everybody will know it. Just ask anyone. The islands. Sounds like uh, you need to get back there. Uh, pardon? It sounds like you need to get back there. I, I know. I. <laughs> my first question should have been. Uh, did you get special permission from the governor to go? <laughs> we did not. Because <laughs> we keep checking, and uh, about the time we start making plans, the governor comes out and says, uh, we don't want anybody to visit. Oh, really? Yeah, because of the COVID thing. Yeah. And I don't really want to go myself if I have to remain masked all over the place. And, I, you know, it's just it's supposed to be vacation people. Right. So anyway, uh, you'll uh, you'll have a grand time, I'm sure. But look, <laughs> ask them, uh, ask the people about the botanic gardens on the s- south side of the island. And okay. There's, there's a, uh, a not only guided tour, but it's a a uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? You, you you drive on a little bus, and they take you to two different gardens. One of which, by the way, which is uh, close and uh, on the coast actually, is where they did some filming. Of Jurassic Park. Wow. Yes. We're going to make it there. <laughs> do, you, do you remember Jurassic Park? Did you see the of, movie? Of course I did. And yes. do, you, do you remember the scene where the, let's see, the dad and uh, two of the kids, I think, found themselves in the roots of this gigantic, huge banyan tree? Yes. Well, that tree is there. You can do the same thing. I'm going to go there and take a picture. Well, <laughs> Take lots of pictures. <laughs> One other place I'd suggest you go is on the island. They have what they call their Grand Canyon. Oh, yes. And okay. That is, yes. that is absolutely worth yeah, seeing. You, you drive up to the top of the Grand Canyon, if you will, uh, and it is spectacular. It is one of the rainiest places on Earth. So take your rain, raincoat. But you'll, you'll, you'll think you were in, what, Arizona. 
I mean, with this massive canyon in front of you, it's just huge. Wow. Yeah, that's what that's on what they call okay. the Nepali coast. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you'll have a grand time, and you're going to you'll start seeing whales. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah, land the, whales. Yeah, the, the humpbacks are coming, <laughs> starting to come back. <laughs> <laughs> I I love Kauai because it's it's so much less commercialized. It's more rural yeah. feeling to it. It's really yeah. nice. And then you have to go north. You have to visit Hanalei Bay. Okay. That's where they film South Pacific. One of my favorites. Yes. And on the <laughs> way there, you'll pass uh, taro ponds. Mm. And they used to have a one-way bridge. I think they've since made a two-way bridge now, but one-lane bridge, I mean. Okay. And it's, it's fun. Where are you going to stay? Oh, we're staying at a hotel there, right? Uh, the, Sh- the Sheridan, I think. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're all fun. <laughs> I think they're yeah, all on the coast. It. Hopefully, if I better call the governor. Yeah, and and then go into town into Lahui. Okay. That's the main town, and just you know walk around. It's kind of fun. Compared to here, even any even the average front yard or alleyway. It's fascinating. <laughs> and, really? And if yeah. you can find one, I don't. I didn't find one there, but but I wasn't looking. See if you can find a Home Depot. Okay. And check their garden center. You will be stunned. Okay. Um, I always find that when I'm traveling to go into the local grocery stores, mm-hmm. it's yep. always a great find. To figure out how the people live in their culture. Well, yeah. you, you'll find tons and tons of spam on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> and not the computer spam. <laughs> and then further <laughs> on south, past this botanic garden, which, by the way, was within walking distance of the spouting horn. That's where the waves come up and they go spouting up through this lava hole. It's kind of fun. Oh, wow. And then further on, you'll see um, is a, a coffee plantation growing out in full sun. A really? modern coffee plantation. Everything's wow. harvested by a machine. It's watered by drip irrigation. And if you have a chance to sit and have a sample of their coffee, oh, they, they usually will. have a gift shop or a yeah, little oh, cafe. Everywhere you go is going to have <laughs> a gift amazing shop. amazing <laughs> compared to what we have here. <laughs> everywhere oh, you go, wait. there's a gift shop. Everywhere you go. Oh, that is fabulous. Oh, yeah. You'll okay. have a blast. Yes, hopefully. <clears throat> We're and keeping our fingers crossed that okay. it's going to happen. And we, right. we are now the Garden Wise and Travel Show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I give a quick shout-out? Because my mom got me hooked on your show, uh-huh. and I went through the Master Gardening Program. Uh-huh. But she's a native, and I grew up in Congress Park and had a little um, garden plot. They used to, like, rent them for the summer. Sure. And then the kids would have, like, a community garden. Uh-huh. And I did that, and it's, like, kept my life so exciting. Good. Thanks, Mel. All right. <laughs> now, which one of you is the is the native? Uh, my mother is. She grew up in Congress Park, and then I was oh. raised in Congress Park. Oh, so you're a native too? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, you and my wife and your mother have to get together. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Anytime. All right. After I get back from Hawaii. All right, because she grew up and not too far from Congress Park. Oh, that's yeah. They're hard to find natives anymore. I know. I'm not one. Keith's not one. <laughs> Yes, I 
My kids were in there. And, and there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> We've tried. <laughs> well, thanks for okay. your call this morning. Yeah, thanks for all the tips. You I'll let you know when I get back. Yeah, please. <laughs> okay, have a good day. All right, thanks you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, I believe as soon as Sean is ready, we can go out and talk to Luann at Tagawa Gardens. Good morning, Luann. I'm a native. I'm a native. You're a native. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. Born and raised in Boulder. Wow. I always knew there's something wrong with you. <laughs> I was going to say, should, should I make the crack or will Jim do it first? <laughs> I kept quiet, if you'll notice. Yeah. yeah. One of those rare moments. One of us is smart. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. No, it was a great place to grow up. And how's Luann this morning? She's good. She's All good. Right. She was, went into a full-fledged Hey, and I, I, and I, see, and I see Lindsay's just making the newspaper here of late. Is she again? Well, I, I don't know. Denver Post decided not to, not to li- deliver newspapers to us anymore. Oh. I'm I don't know why. You know. I paid for it. Word got out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a scary place on that corner house there. It is. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, no, it was a great town to grow up in, a great town to, to start out in news, because they never did, like, you know, normal big stuff. I know. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and Panietti, you know he's from Boulder, too. I do. He and I went to high school together. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, sir. We graduated in the same class. Wow. So he never so, said that. Well, he doesn't like to brag about me, but I brag about him. Okay. You, you, you look so much younger than him. I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just not going there. Good. Two out of three of us are smart today. <laughs> hey, my friends, uh, we got a few things of interest. Actually, several yeah. things, but I'm going to talk about a few. I'm not uh-huh. going to too long. Um, you were talking about the weather changing. Is that? I should have looked. Is that Tuesday into Wednesday or Monday? I Wednesday, Thursday, I believe. Th- okay. Yeah. 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 Uh. Well, for those people who cannot bring themselves to let go of certain things in their garden, we are fully stacked and supplied with uh, frost blankets. So if you think oh, you wanna, okay, you know, that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, it's a few degrees, but a few degrees. Yeah. You know, yeah. Can, especially when you're keeping it down low, catching that ground warmth. Well, we make it a very prolonged uh, Indian summer. Yeah. And that's just it. If you, sometimes if you don't do it and you wish you had, yeah. this has been yeah. such a beautiful fall. Oh, my gosh. I don't want to let go of it either, but, yeah. you know, I believe in seasons. So it's just up to the, the approach in the, uh, of the gardener and how they want to how they want to do it. So I'm about to offer up my green tomatoes for anyone who wants <laughs> green pickles. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. You can fry them up, you know. You could. You could, but that requires cooking. <laughs> I know, and you don't cook. I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Does Luann grill at all? Do you grill? I heard the question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and answered. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. I, big, I make big pots of stuff, and then I, Skip and I live on it for like a week. Fortunately, <laughs> okay. he's good with that. Okay. <laughs> leftovers are my favorite food group, but somebody else has to make <laughs> Other people's leftovers are my food group. All right. Getting serious here. Yes. Oh, and speaking of cooking... Um, we had talked, I think, a couple of weeks ago when we were first setting out our garlic. Mm-hmm. And uh, the garlic lovers uh, in the audience and in our in our guest community swooped. And, uh, boy, there are people out there who take garlic growing really seriously. And I do, too. But we have the nicest swoopers. But in the <laughs> first day, they, they bought out two of our varieties completely gone. However, that left us with over, what, maybe 20 at that time? Wow. Well, because of the shipping problems that everybody knows about, I'm not complaining, but we got six of the remaining varieties in last afternoon, yesterday afternoon. 
So they will be out there for people who want to swoop yet again. So how many do you have total right now? Um, we have six, probably about 18, 15, right in there. Wow. wow. Slackers. <laughs> I know. You know. And it's been a busy week for me, but next week the garlic's going in, and it will be just fine. All right. But, uh, you know, after my after my 25-pound harvest of garlic, <laughs> I don't need to buy too many. Oh, Christmas. Good Lord, what, what variety works best for you? Do you know? Um, I like Enchilium for big, you know, nice, uh, what was my other one? Oh, Russian Russian red, uh, Bogater or Bogatir, however they say it. And that's one of the new ones we got in. Um, what else? What else? Russian Russian Inferno is fun. It's just fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's some really nice varieties left. Uh, still both um, soft neck and hard neck. We won't go into that, but they have really nice pictures and really great descriptions on every little, you know, half yeah. bushel basket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's on the agenda. It would be a great data plant. We also have for those who are getting in the Halloween holiday, you know, uh, holiday kind of fall festival, want to dress up in a costume, put those kids in a costume and take them out. We have six different photo ops, three inside, about three outside. All right. Uh, so come and, and do that and, and get everybody giggling. And then we still have a great supply of, of spring bulbs. So and there's no excuse not to be out in the garden today. And, and, and surely you got some pumpkins. Oh, boy. It's called Sea of Orange. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, Tagawa Garden, 7711 South Parker Road. That would be how far, gentlemen, south? One mile south of Arapahoe Road. Well done. You did your homework. <laughs> and all of this is at TagawaGardens.com online. And our, we are open today from 9 to hello, 9, 9, 9 to 5, 10 to 6. No, 9 to 5 today, 10 to 5 tomorrow. I knew there was a hiccup in there. All right? All right. Have a lovely day. You too, Thank you Luan. for calling, Luann. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, go see their, what do you call a sea of orange? Sea of orange. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask her, I forgot to ask her, if she can actually taste the difference in those varieties. We should have gotten into that. And she didn't mention what, probably my favorite so far, German, I think it's called German white. Okay. Yeah. Only because it produced a lot. Big bulbs. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's worthwhile then. Yeah. Let's see, where are we at for time? We've got to take a break, then we're going to come back and talk to you. Who? Uh, Jolene and Anne are both waiting to talk and to And we might also stuff. start our celebration of International Beer and Pizza Day today. Right now. Right now. Get to it. Sean, beer and pizza. All right. <laughs> right here on Legends 810. Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden on West Bulls Avenue in Littleton is the place to be to get ready for the season. You'll find everything you need for this time of year, whether it be pumpkins, gourds, corn stalks, straw bales, tree wrap, rose collars, and winterizer for your lawn. The pumpkins you find at Jared's are great, not the cookie cutter kind you find at the supermarkets or box stores. They are locally grown and quite varied in size, shape, and color. Some even have warts. There are carving pumpkins, pie pumpkins, wee and jackby little pumpkins, plus colored or Cinderella pumpkins. Of course, there is a nice selection of locally grown mums and pansies for live fall color. Jared's is located at 10500 West Bulls Avenue in Littleton, open 9 to 6 weekdays and 9 to 5 weekends. Bring the kids or grandkids and let them enjoy Jared's Galleria of Ghouls, Maze, and Corn Pit. There is no charge for these activities, and kids love them. Visit them online at jaredsgarden.com. 
All right, we're back. We're taking your garden questions right here on Legends Day 10. The Garden Wise Guys with the Garden Wise Show. You did that very well. <laughs> I did you practice at home? I have it memorized now. Oh, okay, good job. Hey, let's get out to the phones. Ann is waiting to talk to us out in Highlands Ranch. Good morning, Ann. Um, good morning. How are I, you? I um, just have one question. I want to know what to do with my canna since it's going to freeze on Wednesday. Do you want to save them? I, yes, definitely. Um, I would advise trying to just save the the rhizomes. Right. Uh, what I'm going to do with so, mine, I'm going to cut mine down and just move the entire pot into a cool, dry place. And then I'm going to okay. ignore them all winter. That's what I'm going to do, okay. too. But I'm going to cut mine down before oh. it freezes. I think Jim's going right, to wait like and let the freeze knock him down because he likes to see nasty, wilty yeah, death. Yeah, I like to see mush in my garden. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Okay, okay. so to, to bring him in. But yeah. now I have one. I have two in a big pot that I can't bring in. Uh-huh. So I would cut those down and dig those up. Yes. And those and I would store inside. Um, any number of ways you can do that. One of the ways is to get a cardboard box and line it with some plastic, and then fill a lay, put a layer of, oh, I don't know, peat moss comes to mind. Potting soil will potting work. Potting soil, not wet potting soil, but just kind of dampish potting soil. Or just plain okay. uh, vermiculite would work. Mm -hmm. uh, and then layer them in there. One layer deep. If you want to put another layer in, I'd put some more peat moss and stuff on top. And then when you're all done, okay. just take that plastic. You put it in there big enough so that you can just lay the plastic over the top. Don't seal it. Just lay it over the top. So lots of air can get in there, but still going to keep some moisture in there. And put okay. it in a, and okay. put it in a cool, dry place. Okay, so it wouldn't be wet. It would just no. You don't want it wet because it'll start rotting. Okay, so my uh, pot, the ones in the pots, probably will be pretty wet to go in the garage. Yeah, yeah. If you want to, oh. you know, dig them out, and uh, I'd cut all the roots off of them, cut all the stems off of them. And if you want to let them dry for an hour or two or three, once once you're shaking okay. off all the soil, and you don't need to worry about washing all the soil off. No, or you don't like, just shake that. it off of there. Yeah. By the time you've cut the okay. stems down and cut the roots off, most of the soil will be gone anyway. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I have um, a web on one of my house plants that was outside. Does that indicate I have spider mites? Uh, does the web look like a spider web? Yes. I mean, like, uh, you know, the kind of spider would crawl across the floor. You could stomp like on it. Charlotte's web spider web. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's probably yeah, just. Yeah, it was pretty big. It was big enough for me to see. Oh, I, that's that's probably a real spider, not spider mite. Oh, okay. The spider mite webs are All typically. Right. Right up against the leaf. 
or where the leaf joins the stem, yeah. there'll be some webbing there. And it's very, very fine. Um, you really have to look close to see it. Okay. All right. Okay, thank you. Okay. You're welcome. You Thanks bet. for thank calling. You. And by the way, you got to start doing this stuff pretty early. The sun doesn't come up until 7 in the morning. 7.04 officially today. Yeah. And is gone at 6.29 tonight, this evening. So we're getting less than 12 hours? Is that what yep, I'm hearing? Yep, less than 12 hours. So I've adjusted my lights like to 10. It's like 11 and a half hours. I adjusted my lights for my plants to 10. And they've apparently adjusted our lights outside the building here parking lot lights oh yeah they went off at 6 30 this morning mm -hmm. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was dark again well, like jim said if you've got things like cannas or elephant ears um caladiums calla lilies all those tender things that you yeah. want to bring inside hidikiums <laughs> yeah hidikiums <laughs> we all have those yeah. um what i do i cut all the foliage off the cannas i cut off at ground level just they're yeah, gone. Yeah. There's not a single leaf left. All the debris that was left over from the summer is removed from the topsoil. Yeah, there'll be, there'll be dried things down there. Yeah. You can pull those out. Yeah. And those go into the basement. I have an unfinished basement. It's heated, but, you know, it's unfinished. I just stick them off into a, a, a cold, dark corner somewhere. And, and the elephant ears, I cut all the leaves off, you know, and they cut them back to the bulb, mm -hmm. essentially, or this main, main stalk. And uh, do the same thing. Bring them inside, stick them in a cold, dark corner. And I, I don't think I water them at all during the winter. Well, I checked last winter mine, and uh, they didn't need any water. Now, it may, you may, yours may need water, and uh, if you're storing them dry, like I explained to this, this young lady that called, you want to you know, fold back the plastic and just check them. Mm -hmm. If they're starting to really dry out, then I'd add a little bit of moisture. Not much. Not much, no. I've tried wintering over the elephant ear bulbs and the canna rhizomes and stuff like that. Just taking them out of the soil, shaking them off, throwing them in a bucket and sticking them in the basement. That yeah. works too. Yeah. So, you know, whatever works for you. Uh, they're pretty durable things. They just don't want to get too dry during the winter. They, yeah. they start to shrivel. That's too dry. Yeah. yeah the containers that I just, you know, just took the whole containers in, soil and all. Uh, didn't pay much attention to them at all over the winter. And uh, this spring I took them out, and there was still some moisture in the soil. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Which which is perfect, <coughs> which is exactly what I wanted. Some moisture, but not much. And then all of a sudden, typically late February, even early March, they'll start growing. Yeah. There's a time clock in there. <laughs> That's right. Inside each tuber. Yeah. And <laughs> whether you've got them packed away in plastic or under the stairs or... Well, they'll start growing. You can't stop them. And that's when it's time to get them out into a nice sunny window and repot them if necessary. Make sure you're watering them. Yeah, pot them up into pretty small pots. And that's a time you can divide them too. Yeah, small pots. You don't need to plan on any kind of future growth, much growth in, in, the, in the pot itself. Because by the time they have to be moved up to a bigger pot, it'll almost be time to put them outside. Yep. Exactly. Otherwise, they take up way too much room. Oh, my goodness. Way I'm, too much. I've got like 16-inch pots inside. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't take too many of those in. 
All right, so we've got Jolene on the line right now, wants to give us a, uh, some questions about what I can't quite read. But good morning, Jolene. Good morning. Hey, How are you guys? Good. What's good. going on with you today? Well, um, uh, I'm going to, uh, I planted some nine bar. Now, I'm North Dakota again. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so I planted some nine barks, and, and I think I've told you before that we had a very hard drought. Uh, the crops weren't very good this year. Mm-hmm. So I had planted, um, I planted them late, later than the fall. Well, then we got seven inches of rain in the fall, and so I had turned off my drip system. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time I came back, they had dried out quite a bit, but so the leaves are all gone on the nine barks, but the, the, the little, little branches, they're still pretty pliable, so I kept watering them. Okay. So, and and they're all, they were all mulched anyway. When I left, they were mulched. So any moisture that was on them probably, and the, mo- the mulch is pretty thick. So do you think that they'll, they'll grow again next year? Being nine barks, I suspect if the branches are still flexible and the buds look good for next year, they'll more than likely survive. You may have a little bit of dieback, but that's to be expected, especially from, you know, since they're young plants that you just put them in this year. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would. Uh, are you going to be able to give them any winter water at all? No, I'm not here in the winter. I'd so, give them a uh, really I, good soaking before you leave. Then. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. I'm going to. He- I'm going to be here for another week, and uh, it looks like it's going to rain today. I, I'm hoping it's going to rain. So I hope I get some moisture. But I was going to water those and and the other trees before I left. Yeah. So, so hopefully it rains a good deal, especially if you've got some thick mulch on the ground. It's got to, the rain's got to get through the mulch and down into the soil. So if you, that's probably going to take at least you know a couple of inches of rain to make it worthwhile. Otherwise, I wouldn't count okay. it. Okay. All right. And that, that's good. Um, you know, it was 80 degrees last week, and now today it's 47. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of a big change. So, um, and then I'm, what I've been listening to the bulbs, I'm going to take up, um, cut my glads and take them and put them in, uh, dry them out and let them, put them in a box and take them back to Denver so I, I can wash, watch them during the winter. Yeah, yeah good okay. idea. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, okay, well, that's, that was my main concern because I, I love those little nine barks and they do really well up here. They're durable plants. Yeah, it's 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 got to be a good five six feet tall and very bushy, and it's on the north side of her house. So um, I'm hoping mine will do well too. I'm sure but, they will. Um, okay, well, good, good, good. I'm glad I'm I'm glad you got yeah. I'll let me call you when I'm so far <laughs> so far away from Denver, but um, um, I appreciate your help all the time. So thanks so much, you guys. You bet. Thanks, thanks for, for listening calling. and thanks for calling. So um, a friend of mine had some big, overgrown nine barks. Cut them to the ground this spring. She was very nervous about that. But I convinced her to cut them to the ground. They look fabulous right now. <laughs> They're just beautiful. They're four or five feet tall in one season. Yep. But they look with their natural form. They're not yes. all hacked up. Yes. You know? Love that natural form. Well, let's see if we plants. can get one more caller in, and that would be... Um, 
Lori, is that right? Yep, that's right. Hi, good Hi, morning. We have just a couple of minutes left, Lori. What can we do for you? So where do I start when the plumbers came and kind of wiped out the not-so-healthy lawn in the front yard? Uh-huh. And it's like, do I just scrape up any other kind of grasses that think they might come up next year and rototill it or something to get ready for some kind of planting? Did they dig a trench? No, they just have the bring big machine goes right on to it. It's not a very big lawn. Okay. So you so got it almost could spin around and do its trenching and scrape the stuff, so it's just like, oh God. Hmm. I think I would I would aerate. First thing to do would be aerate the area and then overseed. I don't want any more lawn because that's a lot of water. Oh, you're wanting to get rid of the lawn? So I figured they scraped up enough that there's hardly any lawn except little patches, and I said, I'll just scrape those up and then maybe do something like a yard that Jim has. Uh, Got to do something to try to sell the house maybe next summer. So do I rototill it and put anything on it and maybe stick anything in the ground at this late date? I, I think I would kill what the remaining grass now. Yeah. And then just put mulch over it, like uh, wood chips or something. And wait until the next spring chip. to do any planting. Yeah. Okay. And anything else that's in the ground is that they kind of flattened. I think one is mountain lovers kind of look flattened. So I thought I'd just kind of give it some fertilizer to say it's okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to get out of here, but thank you for your call this morning, Laurie. Thanks so much. Talk to you next week. All right, everybody out there, thank you for listening and participating in the show. Remember, as always, keep your shovel sharp and be careful where you dibble. You can listen to us again in case you missed this one tomorrow, 6 to 8 p.m. on Legends 810 and also on uh, 95.3 FM. So uh, if you have more garden questions, I hope you write them down or remember them if you can, if you're young enough. Yeah. And bring it back to us next week when we occur right here again on Legends A Town. The preceding program is sponsored by JK Communications.